This is Logan. You're listening to Senior Soliloquies. This week's episode is with Annika Schott. Annika is a mechanical engineer, talented cook, acoustic sound designer, all-round artist, and she also happens to be a really good friend of mine. Um, In our conversation, Annika talks about mechanical engineering and what it means to her, her idea of happiness in life and the things in her life that make her happy. She talks about friends and community at Tufts. And of course, as with any other episode, she reflects on her past four years and talks about her future. Annika is a wonderful guest, wonderful friend, wonderful person, and I think it will really show through in our conversation today. So yeah, um, again, if you'd like to appear on Senior Soliloquies, please fill out the Google form in the link in the description below. And I bring to you Annika Shad. All right, Annika, thank you so much for coming on to Senior Soliloquies. Thank you for having me. So, as with any podcast, I want you to give me your 30-second elevator pitch. Um, Who you are, where you're from, major interests, etc. All right. My name is Annika Shad. I'm from Massachusetts. I grew up 20 minutes from Tufts, and I've lived in Massachusetts my whole life. Um, My major, I'm majoring in mechanical engineering, and I did a philosophy minor, and Outside of that, my interests are making things with my hands. I like to cook. Um, I like to draw sometimes. That's great. Yeah. Well, for context, um, Annika and I are very good friends. And just by virtue of knowing you for, I guess, two, three years now, I know that being a mechanical engineer is big part of your identity and it's what you love um can you just speak to us about what it's like to be a mechanical engineer specifically at tufts yeah definitely one of the things i always say when i'm thinking about the tufts mechanical engineering program specifically and like why i chose it is i looked at a couple other schools that were like just technical schools like i looked at wpi and rpi like polytechnic institutes where just about everyone is studying engineering or some STEM field. And I'm really glad that I ended up coming to Tufts and getting to meet so many more people um, outside of mechanical engineering and then within mechanical engineering, just because it's a liberal arts university, um, people who have a really wide variety of other interests and passions outside of engineering. And, you know, Prior to recording this podcast, we were talking about mechanical engineering a little bit, and you told me that um, it taught you some like really valuable universal life lessons. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, when I came to Tufts, I did not take um, any physics class in high school beyond my freshman year, and I didn't do like the hardest level of math that my high school offered. And I was pretty insecure about that coming into Tufts. Um, And I would do a lot of my homework alone and like feel like there was some need for me to prove myself that I could do it all by myself. 
And somewhere along the line, I like figured out that it's totally fine to work with other people and ask people who understand better to explain things to you. Like it's important to put in the work on your own, but like it's really valuable to work with other people and just watch other people work. Um, And I learned that it was okay if I didn't understand things and sometimes I would bomb an exam and, you know, the world would still rotate on its axis. And um, yeah, I guess I learned where it was valuable to put my time. You're one of the most, I think, busy people I know. Um, And it's remarkable, honestly, that you still have time to, you know, spend time with your friends and all of that. Um, So you saying that mechanical engineering has sort of helped you maybe allocate your priorities in a way that's more smart? Would that be a good way of characterizing it? I I feel like I've had, like, the reason why I chose engineering is just because I wanted to learn how things work, which is a very broad goal. And it's a goal that I maintain, and it's still, like, what drives um, my learning is it's just so interesting to learn how everything fits together and how things continue to work together. Um, and so I've... A couple times um, following that has led me to just totally overburdening myself. Um, And so I've had to um, learn to say no to things sometimes or uh, just like really actively work to balance my schedule and make time to see my friends because I'm actually miserable if I don't manage to schedule that in as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe I should have actually asked this in, in the beginning. Um, as we're talking about mechanical engineering, it's important to sort of contextualize what we're talking about. So what is mechanical engineering to to the layman? Ooh, good question. Um, I get asked this all the time at family events and in general. Uh, I guess mechanical engineering is study of the forces within and the design of mechanical systems. So that could be a part or that could be several parts that fit together and work together. I think that's my best answer. And why Why do you love it? Uh, what, what does it mean to you? Um, it means um, one of the things when I said that I'm interested in learning how everything works Um, that's anything like this microphone that I'm speaking into now. Like I've been, um, passionate about, uh, sound engineering and like the physics of how sound works. And I've gotten to, um, I've gotten to work with sound and music in a lot of different ways. And the mechanical engineering way that I would learn about this would be like learning the physics of how, um, the diaphragm in the microphone moves and also um, how the microphone itself is designed to like minimize vibration and um, get as much of a signal as possible from that moving diaphragm and like fitting the transducer and getting all the parts in there um, and making it last a long time and making it work consistently um, and making it manufacturable. Like all of these parts had to be designed um, to be mass manufactured by a machine in some way, whether that's like injection molding plastic or if there are pieces that are like carved out of um, stock on a lathe, like 
or like the metal grill like I don't know exactly how that was made but in some way like the um the wire was woven together and then it was formed into this um cup shape of the microphone and uh I just think that's really cool I think it's really neat that you can just keep going small and small smaller and smaller like there can be interest in gear and then there can be like literally how is that gear made down to the smallest little piece correct me if i'm wrong do you still minor in philosophy or yeah i, I do a philosophy minor mm-hmm. i've completed it i did the required classes right so right philosophy is one lens through which we can view the world mm-hmm. history can be another that's one of my smaller regrets small because i'm not i don't have a great memory for history but i think there's so much you can learn about how the world works just by like looking at history and precedents and stuff and yeah I've heard about some great history professors in classes at Tufts, and so it would have been cool to take one of those. History is an amazing discipline. Um, I mean, you can just think about it as like a, I say this all the time, right? Cool story that actually happened and is informative of where we are today. But do you maybe view mechanical engineering as another lens through which to view the world, or is it a bit different? Totally a lens. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, like it's kind of just like... uh, like you can, it's really cool. Like being able to do that, like breakdown of, um, like all of the little parts of like, okay, how how would I start to understand this about, um, just about any system? I mean, not to, you know, not to say that I can understand anything I've ever looked at, but um, one of the interesting tools in mechanical engineering is like looking at a system, um. I'm just looking at things in the room. There's a camera on a tripod over there and figuring out how to uh, simplify it, figure out what points you maybe would have to pay more attention to if you were trying to build it, like maybe what would be more likely to fail or just what's under the most force. Um, It's just that's definitely a way in which it's a lens. Like you can look at something and then there's, and then like try to simplify it, look at the, guess at the forces, um, think about, how you'd make it, what the parts are, what looks tricky. Um, yeah, it's a cool lens. I feel like even with, um, I feel like in general, um, a lot of mechanical engineering has been problem solving. Mm-hmm. So even with like cooking, you can apply that of like, okay, like read, let me read through the steps first. What's most likely to fail? What am I going to mess up? What should I be like focusing my, my time and my brain power on right that's really interesting actually and thought about that way as like mechanical engineering as being not only being like a discipline in of itself but also a a kind of logic like a very specific type of logic with certain parameters that could be applicable to other things i think there are a lot of disciplines that rely really heavily on problem solving that you probably get a similar lens through um but i found it coming uh, really easily alongside mechanical engineering. This is last question on mechanical engineering. Um, how do you think your relationship with mechanical engineering has evolved or developed? Was it always like a unwavering love for the discipline? Was it, was there ever a point in college where you were like, you know, maybe I kind of want to do something else? Yeah. Uh, well, I came into college, um, saying that I would be biomedical engineering because, I don't know, I was good at bio and chemistry in high school. 
And I worked in a lab briefly in the BME department, the biomedical engineering department. And I just didn't like it very much. And I talked to people who were seniors in mechanical engineering and learned what kinds of projects they were working on. And one of them was like um, making some sort of drone and someone else was working on a prosthetic leg. And I thought that was so much more interesting than doing tissue samples, mm-hmm. um, which the work that they're doing in the biomedical engineering department is very important. But um, it really excited me that I could build these kinds of kinds of systems. And it specifically excited me that I could build those kinds of systems. Like it's been so cool throughout the career, my mechanical engineering, it's been so cool throughout my mechanical engineering career to get assignments for things that I think are totally impossible and then be able to build them or at least get most of the way there, which is like so much more than I thought I could have at the beginning of it. Um, and times that I was less enamored, I mean, it w- it seemed very bright and shiny, like, wow, like this is where people learn to build robots and um, I don't know, all sorts of bits and bobs and levers and pulleys and moving parts. And it seemed very cool, uh, but there there were some grind classes, and I've been looking on Indeed recently, and a lot of the jobs that are tagged under just mechanical engineering seem uh, kind of boring, honestly. Or in industries that don't. Or in industries that don't excite me. Yeah, or don't align with your... Yeah, but um, I've been looking at jobs in um, acoustics, in acoustical, what is it, in architectural acoustics consulting, Mm -hmm. which seems like it would combine a lot of things that are interesting to me, and I get to use the tools for mechanical engineering without doing maybe as many material analyses. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll, we'll touch more on um, future, like, career ambitions uh, later on the podcast. I want to transition to community at Tufts more generally. When we spoke before this podcast, you said something that really struck me, which was that uh, you enjoyed Tufts even during COVID. Yeah. Um, uh, Let me think. Well, freshman year was fun. Um, We didn't know each other freshman year. True. We were elsewhere. But uh, freshman year was fun. COVID uh, put a stop to it. We were sent home. But I was also um, a little bit grateful for the extra time with my family. Um, I was very aware when I left for college my freshman year that um, that summer before freshman year of college would be the last um would be the last few months of the like continuous time that I'd spent of my life which was up until then like uh 16 years however old my sister was living with my sister um Mm -hmm. who's like my best friend and so important to me and yeah like it was really horrible um it in a lot of different ways to get sent home early freshman year but I also was super grateful for the extra time um, in the same house as my sister because I know that otherwise I would have been you know 
out of the house a lot more or um yeah like even if I'd been living at home over the summer I would have been out and about a lot more but I got to spend almost all my time with her and I'm really grateful for that um and I think it really like cemented our relationship in this this new chapter of us both well I was in college at the time and she was in high school but still a new stage from um when we lived together continuously and so then when we came back to Tufts I kind of had that I was riding that high and then I was super excited to see everybody even if um even if we were you know masked and not hanging out indoors really and then I was dating Nicole I had a new girlfriend who's very exciting a big serious girlfriend um and I was getting to know Emma better and I was getting to know Nicole's friends and it just even though like it was the parts that were good um were good enough that I wasn't thinking about what I could be missing out on like I guess a little bit I was like oh man like it would have been cool to actually have a spring break right. like that sucked yeah. yeah but it was cool that I still got to meet people and I still got to like I think the craft center was open like I, yeah, well, I could go to the craft center like I felt like I could experience most of the things that I had really missed over the summer, like being at home. Mm-hmm. Like I could still see my friends if we wanted to hang out outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think being in the context of the pandemic at Tufts gave rise to different types of friendships? That's a good question. Uh, I think so. I would like to think so. I don't know if it's an artifact of us having been sophomores the time the that we were in um like stricter lockdown during the pandemic um at Tufts if and like relationships would start to cement sophomore year anyway but most of the people I see on a regular basis are friends that I made my sophomore year yeah, that's that's like, really interesting. We made friends, right? We, or we became friends then. Yeah. Um, Emma and I met freshman year, but we started to really become friends over the COVID summer and um, sophomore year. Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we had to work a little harder to see each other because, you know, we weren't supposed to be indoors together. So we had to hang out outside, but yeah, I don't know. That's what do you think? That's, oh, that's a <laughs> uh, no one's ever asked me a question on this podcast before. Oh, <laughs> uh, what do Fleabag. my fleabag? Yeah, true. <laughs> what what do I think? Um, I think I, I mean I came from a pretty unique context in that I was a transfer student, mm-hmm. so. And maybe this is not exclusively down to being a transfer student. This also could just be how it operates socially. I came into sophomore year with a real desire to make as many friends as possible, but not in like a social climbery way, but in the way that just I just want to meet like interesting people that are different from me and from whom I can learn. 
And I think especially because I didn't really know anyone upon coming to the school, I felt that I was definitely hampered by the lockdown restrictions. And I maybe wasn't... Like, I do think there are particular benefits that come out of making friends within the context of COVID. And I don't think I was able to capitalize on those benefits to the extent that I could have just because I didn't really have a, a solid social foundation to begin with. Yeah. But with that said, I share a similar experience as you in that my closest friends on this campus are those who I met in sophomore year. Yeah. Um, so. I definitely think it would have been harder to have the connections that I was describing where you're, you know, really seeking out um, socialization um, when you don't already kind of know them. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess transitioning to junior year, how do you think your interaction with social life at times differed? I don't know why, but I am having a difficult time remembering what social life was like junior fall because in I think I was just hanging out with all the people that I hang out with now. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, how did it differ from sophomore year? Well, I was not, we were living off campus. That was a pretty big switch. Yeah. That was exciting. Um, I was taking harder classes, so I had to really, um, and they were all mechanical engineering classes. I had to really, like, carve out time to work on that. Were you more happy, you think? With? Life in general? With life in general? God. Uh, I think so. I was, um, I was single, yeah. which is usually a pretty chill time. Um, my recollection is that I was, I feel like, my happiness with life in general uh, pretty strongly depends on my friendships. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess a couple of things, like satisfaction with, like, myself and work, but mm -hmm. a big part of it would be satisfaction in, yeah, in friendships. And I felt like junior fall, I was hanging out with a lot of people who I thought were really cool, and I was, you know, having the impression that they thought I was cool too, which is great. That's, yeah, it's a great feeling. You know, that's why I came to college. Not yeah. really, but that's you know, it, it was that was really nice. But I think that's interesting that you mentioned uh, that your happiness is obviously contingent on many things. But one big thing is your relationships with other people. Do you think? What do you think about that? Do you think that's like healthy? Do you think that's I mean, I'm I'm kind of agnostic, honestly, when I think about that. But I don't know. That, that's interesting. I have a lot of, I I go back and forth, honestly, um, because I do, I do think that it is a good thing to pride myself in being a good friend. Like I think that's like, you know, like a pretty. I think that's a pretty good thing to take pride in. Mm -hmm. Like I am happy when I have deep relationships with people. I will say that sometimes I think I 
consider my friends' opinions a little too heavily, and it is important to be happy with being alone, which I think is something that I've gotten better at in my senior year than I was my junior year. So one thing that, yeah, maybe wasn't perfect was that my happiness was very dependent on how much time I was spending with my friends. And so if that ever dipped, maybe because I had a lot of homework, which should be my priority as a student, then I would be really bummed. Okay, so I want to transition to maybe more general life stuff. Um, I want you to reflect on the past four years and think about how you've grown. Um, let's see. I think I'm more confident for certain. Um, just kind of naturally, like mm-hmm. I know more things now and I have fewer questions about the things that I did when I was coming into college. Um, I've survived a couple of different experiences that I hadn't coming in. Um, I work at NOLOP, which is the uh, makerspace in the engineering building, and I work at Bray, which is the Tufts machine shop. And both of those places I've been vaguely aware of my entire time at Tufts, and um, it just seemed like it's it's they're both resources for students to use when they're making things, and it's really cool to work there now and be answering questions that I had when I was coming in and starting projects for the first time or like showing people how to use the laser cutter. Like it's a pretty straightforward thing for me to do. Um, It's pretty simple. Anyone wants to get trained on the laser cutter in NOLOP, hit me up before I graduate and uh, you'll have to find someone else to do it. But it's like the kind of thing that uh, when I... I spent, like, I don't think I learned how to use it until a little into my junior year. And part of that was because of COVID. And part of that was just because I was scared to ask. Mm. And I feel like now I have that confidence to go into a space. um, And if I need to make something, then I will ask how to use the tools to uh, do that. Or ask if the tools I think are the right tools actually are the right tools. Because usually someone there can uh, give me a second opinion. yeah, and then I also work on METS, which is Music Events Technical Staff. And the music building, we run sound for the shows that happen um, in Granoff. And I have, um, I've worked on that staff for all four years of college. Like I started my freshman year, and I definitely feel feel like a like a veteran there. It's cool to be the one who knows what's going on a little bit more because I remember my freshman year when I had no idea what was going on, but I had a vague idea of what I was supposed to know. And so I would just try to act like I knew what was going on, act like I knew that, and then um, hope for the best. And now that I'm a senior and I've done it for a bunch of years, a handful of years um i feel like i can like sense when the newer people not totally i don't have spidey sense but i can like i can pick up a little bit 
more on when someone um, is confused and is trying to act like they know what's going on because I've been there. Yeah. And that's a nice feeling to be able to help in a way that I needed to be helped. Do you think that feeling of having a better idea of what is going on, for lack of a better phrase, can be translated to your personal life and how you deal with, I don't know, different things that life throws at you? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. I, I think I the more that I learn with regards to my personal life, the more I'm aware uh, just that good relationships take work and some things are always hard. Um, and there are some areas that are easier, like in terms of a social life, that are easier to navigate if you've been there before. There are also some areas that just never get easier, never get smoother. Like I think it's always going to be hard to be new in a place where other people know each other and you're there for the first time and you're trying to like establish some sort of social life or just if you're working at like a new job and everybody there clearly gets along. Like I think that's always going to be a scary environment to enter into. I guess the growth there would just be knowing that even if it's always hard that I have done it before. See. Are you the type of person to have any regrets and if so do you have any regrets <laughs> um i try not to there was um there was actually uh should i go on a tangent here do i go on a tangent you go on a tangent i'll go on a tangent i think you should um my sometime in high school i don't remember exactly when I was walking my dog. It was night. I lived in a pretty quiet neighborhood. Nothing out of the ordinary happening. And I had the thought, like, what if I was hit by a bus right now? Like, oh my God. Like, I'm actually, like, my existence is tied. My existence is tied to my physical body and my physical body is pretty fragile and I would be in like public spaces and I'd be like I don't know like something could go horribly wrong I'd be in a car or um on the train I took the train to school in high school and I'd be on the train I'd be like what if it just like tipped and fell off of this bridge like what would I do I couldn't do anything I'd just die and I'd been having those thoughts for a while, but that time when I was walking my dog specifically, I was like, I should have like a will. I should have a note in my notes app of like, okay, like if I was to randomly die at any time, like here's here are all of the like final things that I want to send out. Like tell this person, like, I'm sorry for holding a grudge about this and tell this person like... I love you and you've always been a good friend and like all like this list of things and like my sister can have like this shirt and like that kind of thing and then I kept walking the dog and I was like actually why should I put all this in a notes app when I could tell people like I'm still here I'm still alive like this is this is my one shot at living life and I should say these things if I mean them enough to 
like worry about um if people know them after I'm gone like I should just say them and so that set off a period of life in which I was a little more impulsive than usual and I think I've mellowed out on that now but I still feel pretty strongly about you know if you feel something you should say it yeah and try to minimize regrets in small ways too like I have a nose piercing because I wanted one when I was little. I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Like, maybe I would get more job offers if I didn't have a nose piercing. And I was like, well, I would regret not having a nose piercing. Like, I think I would be like 30 and I'd look back and I'd be like, oh, I should have gotten a nose piercing in college. Like, yeah. it would have been fine. And so I did. On the topic of piercings, I was just thinking about this recently. You used to totally get your ears repierced. Yeah. That would be so fun. I was thinking, well, I mean, now is just like not a super opportune time just because, you know. Uh, trying to be corporate. I'm trying to be corporate, but <laughs> that's something I do want to have and maybe I'll regret it if I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can just take them out if you do regret it. Yeah. Okay. Last uh, few questions here. Ooh, this um, has been so great. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for thanks for being here on a good. Uh, thanks. So always a pl- always a pleasure. Uh, future ambitions or goals? Uh, it can be either career or personal. Like like what? I guess think about Annika four years from now. Well, one of my goals that is more actionable right after college is I got to get out of Massachusetts. Mm. I've been I've gone to middle school, high school, college, grew up here. I should get out of Massachusetts, even if I like it, like, which I do. I it's I think that I should see other parts of the world and experience daily life in a place that's a little less familiar, um, just to experience it. Longer term, it would be cool to be in a career that I'm happy with. I still don't have a super strong idea of what that would be. Hopefully, like, I think it could be architectural acoustics consulting but who knows maybe I'll think that's boring or maybe nobody will hire me and I'll figure something out but it'd be cool to have a job that I'm at least intellectually interested in um, four years from now um I don't know I kind of just want to be happy yeah like it would be nice to be happy it would be nice to have time for hobbies making things creatively and sewing and reading and it would be nice to not be addicted to my phone at that point in time like that would be cool (laughs) i agree um yeah i hope i'm happy i hope i have time to relax i hope i'm intellectually stimulated by my job i hope i've seen more of the world than massachusetts um i hope i still have close friends yeah. like I hope I'm still in touch with some of the people or most or all of the people that I consider close friends now yeah yeah and I think everything that you just listed off are like the fundamental constituents of happiness honestly um all right last question last question if you could choose one song that either you associate with these past four years or that you think characterizes this period in time specifically or that you really like what would it be that is a great question um there are 
I I don't know about characterizing the last four years, but a song that I've been listening to a ton recently. And I think I discovered the artist my sophomore year. So I have been listening throughout college is Lover, You Should Have Come Over by Jeff Buckley. Um, I think he's an amazing vocalist and I get a little more out of the song every time I listen to it. And I've listened to it a lot of times. Um, I was listening to it on repeat on the way here. <laughs> That's the great thing about music, huh? Yeah, music's kind of cool. Music is kind of cool. There's just something about music. <laughs> All right, Annika, thank you so much for being on the pod. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you.